Hello, I'm Badis, and welcome to the Implement Podcast. This is a podcast where we have great conversations about marketing, growing brands, and what it takes to be a great marketer. If you're interested in keeping up with the podcast episodes and the amazing content we produce at Implement, you should definitely subscribe to our newsletter. Just go to join-implement.com to subscribe. All right, enough self-promo. Let's dive into this new episode. And thanks again for tuning in. Welcome everyone to this new episode of the Implement Podcast. Today, my guest is Kate Erwin. Kate is the Director of Content Marketing at Stories Lab. Kate, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, could you maybe tell us a bit more about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, so I'm, like you said, uh, Director of Content Marketing uh, at Stories Lab, which is a sales tech startup focused on helping field sales teams really have compelling conversations with their customers. Uh, ultimately, the goal is leading to, again, more closes, uh, more successful business for those companies. Awesome. Sounds exciting. I, uh, I've actually, uh, you know, sold a bit of uh, services and software to salespeople when I was having my first company. Uh, and I was, uh, I was really excited about what was happening then, like the whole sales tech space and like all these uh, new tools coming up and everything. So uh, it's a, it's a really exciting space. So how did you kind of, uh, end up in the, in the space in the first place? What did you, did you do before? Sure. So, um, for the past 10 years or so, uh, I've been a marketing writer. So I started my career as a copywriter, um, in e-commerce. So, uh, writing about things like refrigerators for Best Buy, uh, writing about pet food for PetSmart and, you know, uh, weird, weird stuff. Um, uh, and then, uh, I kind of just have gotten amazing writing jobs, uh, ever since. Um, and then ultimately, uh, had my first B2B SaaS job about, probably five years ago uh, at a company called TCG Player. And we were launching a suite of software services for collectible game store owners. So people who sell things like magic cards and Pokemon cards and comic books, like really fun people who are like really passionate about what they're doing. Um, and so while I was there, I met a man named Seth Mulligan. Go Seth, you're amazing. Um, and he was our head of operations there. Um, and then he reached out to me uh, back uh, last summer uh, about StorySlab because he's he left TCG Player, started working at StorySlab, um, and I didn't know much about it, um, and I didn't know much about sales tech in general. Like I'm a marketer, I've been a marketer for ten years. Like I sales, I, I've worked with sales teams, probably not very well in the past. Um, I think that's like a big thing, right? Is um, you know sales and marketing kind of sometimes don't have the most unified relationship. Um, and so uh, when Seth reached out, I, I, he's the kind of person, it sounds cheesy, but I would follow him anywhere. He's, he, picks, he picks really good horses. Um, so I, I was really interested in learning more and, and just joined um, and got learning about sales tech. Um, and I got to tell you, I'm impressed that you uh, sold you know, uh, to salespeople because it's so hard. They know all the tricks, you know, yeah. like <laughs> they know you have to, you have to really, really uh, be a human being. Cause yeah, uh, yeah. cause yeah, they, they, they know what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. They do know all the tricks and uh, yeah, it was uh, it's, I mean, it's um, it, it, sales tech is like, uh, it's kind of this, this new hot thing. I mean, it's been the, the case for a while now and there are a lot of communities uh, around this topic that uh, really grew in the, in the past few years. Um, so, you know, talking about about the tricks, like what are 
what are you guys working on? And uh, tell us a bit more about Stories Lab and, and what, what you're doing, what kind of projects you're doing for, uh, for selling Stories Lab. Sure. So, so ultimately, we actually just hired a VP of growth. I want to say it was December. Um, and we're really just focused. We do, we do very um, typical, like, um, you know, outbound uh, sales prospecting. And then um, my role and the role of our head of marketing, uh, Joe Mecca, um, our role is really to get those inbound leads coming in. So we're just creating content across channels to really educate salespeople. That has been uh, one of the biggest challenges for me as not a sales expert. Um, so what I've been doing is just reading so many sales books, joining sales communities, learning from all of these sales leaders um, so that I really have the knowledge that I need to actually tell people what they should be doing. And again, we're, we're very focused on making the most of conversations. So basically what you and I are doing right now, like this really real time face-to-face um, -face or screen-to-screen -screen interaction. Um, so that's, that's mostly what we're doing is trying to come up with, um, you know, the best possible ways to have a conversation and just yeah. educating, educating reps, mainly field reps. So mainly people mm -hmm. who, again, probably didn't do remote until last year and were just like turned, their world was flipped upside down and they just had to really quickly pivot. Mm -hmm. um, some, some, you know, a lot of people who maybe are, I don't want to say resistant to technology, but like really prefer that face-to-face -face interaction. Um, mm -hmm. So, so we're really focusing on, on that, on, on getting those people, the tools they need to, to really easily do what we're doing and not, again, not have those tech issues, not have those hiccups where they're like pulling up yeah. a file awkwardly. Um, so yeah, that's what we do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's funny how you, you talked about sort of having to learn a lot about the culture and uh, you know, what's uh, what, what's the conversation about? Like I'm sure I'm talking like industry conversation about what's relevant. Uh, and so you joined a few communities, you, you read some books. Can you tell us maybe a bit more about that? Like what are the books you read? You know, what kind of communities you joined? Yeah, sure. So I joined um, one of the, one of my favorites is Rev Genius. Um, and again, I, I love that because it's, it's not just salespeople, it's salespeople, marketing, and also revenue, uh, Rev Ops people, which is something that I, 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 it makes me sound super ignorant. I didn't actually know a lot about RevOps until last year. Um, I just started learning about it. Um, so it, it's it's great to kind of like have those people to listen to and bounce ideas off of. Um, I also go to Thursday Night Sales. Thursday Night Sales is a fun, fun group uh, where you can just ask questions uh, to people who, again, have decades of sales experience. Um, because again, I... I uh, as a writer, I have to be kind of an accidental expert on all of these topics that maybe, you know, I knew nothing about before. So, um, so just listening to those voices. I also, I, I was reading last night, actually, a book by Melissa Madian called Enabler, I Hardly Know Her, um, which is all about sales enablement, which is the space that I'm in working at Stories Lab. Um, so that one is great. Um, to Sell as Human by Daniel Pink is a fantastic book. Um, again, like thinking about sales more as, um, first of all, something that everyone has to do. Like, I think people think of sales as, oh, like you are in a sales role or you are not. Um, and honestly, everyone has to sell in so to some capacity, whether it's in to internal stakeholders or, um, you know, selling yourself when you're applying for jobs or, or just creating your personal brand. Like, I, I think... Um, it's, it's a lot more universal 
and and I, I thought that I didn't know anything about sales before September when I started this job. And that's not true. I totally knew things about sales before then. Um, I just didn't know it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, no, but especially now with the uh, you know, all the, the communities out there and all the content out there, like it, it wasn't the case, like five years ago, I started. So like I said, my, my first company was, uh, uh, I started back in 2016. And um, it was, uh, yeah, there weren't that many blogs, there weren't that many uh, communities, uh, uh, even the space in itself, like there were like two uh or, or three like big uh you know tools for doing for example like uh, outbound emailing and stuff like that now there are like i don't know you know a lot lot more um so it, yeah it was uh, uh it was really uh like a, a new field that blossomed uh, and and it's uh i think it's really exciting but uh uh yeah it's um it's hard i think to sort of figure out you know what's gonna make people come to you versus like all the other content out there like there must be so much more competition now, right now, if you want to get that attention of, uh, of the salespeople. Oh, absolutely. There's so much noise. And I think people, people are really allergic to buzzwords and people are really, um, you, you know, like if, if you, if you create a certain type of content, which I, I will say myself, I probably created about five years ago where it's, you know, heavily marketing sounding really, really buzzword heavy people are just turned off and they, they do not have to listen to you. Like that's, that's the thing is you have to, you have to come at them as a, as a person and, and try to make those connections. And, um, and so, yeah, it's definitely, definitely very noisy. Um, I've definitely learned to only say something if I have something to say, uh, because otherwise it's just going to go into the void. Um, you know, yeah. like it, it, yeah, I think sometimes content creators, uh, we'll just have this, especially people like me who are managing a content calendar, um, will really just let that content engine kind of drive their decisions and say, you know, we need to have X number of blog posts and we need to have X white papers. No. And instead, you just have to think about like, if there's, if you don't have something valuable to say and to add to the conversation, mm -hmm. you should just not do it because it's going to be a waste of time and resources. Um, yeah. And again, not to say that you should do nothing, you obviously need to be producing, but I think half of that production is listening and, and kind of getting a pulse check on what other people are saying in the community. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And being involved in these communities and uh, uh, really trying to contribute as much as possible with, yeah, with things that are as valuable as possible. And, and if that's... Uh, if, if, if that's enough to say in a, in a, in a 600 word, uh, you know, blog post, then, then it's, it's fine. Um, so yeah, absolutely. People are getting allergic to, to sort of fluff and, you know, they want tactical, very simple uh, things, very simple, um, you know, uh, roadmaps and things to, um, to follow. So, and it, of course it depends on the platform and uh, I've, I've noticed uh, that it's, it's getting uh, uh, you know, very complicated to to just uh, promote long form content on LinkedIn, for example, right now. Uh, so uh, you need to adapt to you know where, whatever platform you're you're going to be uh, promoting your content to. But uh, yeah, it's uh, the allergy to buzzwords is is not only you know in the in the sales community. It's uh, I think it's a it's a bit like uh, generalized now with all the professionals in general. Oh yeah. And it's, it's funny. Cause I think, you know, um, I, the thing that I'm hearing a lot of is, you know, B2B marketing, 
is really just marketing to other people. Like it really needs to, to take some notes from B2C marketing a little bit more um, instead of just saying like, oh, everybody's very business-minded. Oh, maybe they only care about revenue or they only care about their goals. But honestly, that's not what drives individual human beings. Like you, you have to tap into emotion and then really, really take that logic um, and that credibility and, yeah. and build from there. Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. Yeah, and you you have um, uh, how do you promote your content currently? Do you have uh, are you using a bit of paid or are you uh, mostly relying on social? Like what are what are you doing? So honestly, I so LinkedIn is 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 really the I would say the only social channel that we actively uh, put the most again paid uh, ads. We buy the most paid ads there. We um, produce the most organic content there. Um, we probably should do more with Twitter. Um, I just don't necessarily have the bandwidth. We're a two-person marketing team. Um, and then honestly, email is a fantastic channel. Um, we grow our email list um, based on you know, the leads that are coming in um, and then run nurture campaigns for those leads. Um, we're, we're, we kind of serve them uh, different types of content depending on how engaged they've been previously. So, you know, we're not starting by saying, here's a case study, look at this cool thing that someone else did. You know, we're really starting with that educational content um, mm -hmm. that is totally StorySlab agnostic um, and then moving into more um, promotional content that really talks about why we're the best solution. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the LinkedIn is definitely the place to be uh, for sure. And uh, from, from what I've seen, like it's, um, especially organically I've, i haven't done much paid in uh, on linkedin but organically it's uh yeah it's definitely a place where where you want to be with uh, uh but it, you, you if i think you need to post a lot more often uh than say last year it's becoming a bit more competitive uh like the the people i've seen succeeding on linkedin right now they post like every day at least like once a day yeah. uh, sometimes twice a day uh so yeah it's it's kind of uh, it's getting you know it's getting harder uh, but uh yeah it's definitely the place where you want to be and uh uh, you know, any, do you have any sort of uh, recommendations on, you know, LinkedIn, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, should people post on their profile, on their company page, uh, should they do both, should they write like, uh, you know, Pulse articles, uh, how often, uh, should you use pods and stuff like that, like what, what would you recommend people for LinkedIn? Oh, definitely, definitely both personal and, um, and business accounts. It's funny because um, my, like the, what I post on our company account never gets as much, um, as many impressions or as much attention and engagement as what I post on my personal account. But at the same point, there are things that I'm saying on my personal account that I, I probably wouldn't say, um, again, not because they're unprofessional, but just because they're more about, um, about my personal experience. Right. Um, yeah. so it wouldn't sound the same coming from a company account. So I really think it should be both. Um, and I think it's so important to encourage people on your team, uh, especially sales reps, sales reps for sure, um, to get on LinkedIn and start cultivating their personal brand, um, which is good for them too. Like if, you know, people are, people are, are you know, self-motivated, um, it, it benefits you and it benefits the company that you represent. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Especially now that there's a feature on LinkedIn, I think where you can uh, sort of notify employees of your company whenever you I post something. I do it every day. And then I get, because obviously they they have, you can only do it once every 24 hours. So I have to think, 
oh, am I posting something better today that I should share? And, yeah. and I also obviously just, uh, I, I, not obviously, I uh, share all of our new content in Slack as well in our company Slack um, to kind of just get people amped up um, and yeah. get them sharing uh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Because it really, it starts with, with employees, especially at startups. Like mm -hmm. you have to build that, you have to love yourself first. You know, you have to build that internal advocacy um, yeah. and then it kind of grows from there. Um, and then, you know, as, as long as you have people who uh, have these networks with this reach, um, you suddenly have a bigger reach than, than you would yeah. have originally. Because, um, yeah, yeah generating awareness at a, at a startup organically is, is challenging. Like, uh, yeah. that, that's why we do a lot of paid. We do a lot of paid primarily for lead generation. Um, yeah. And it works really well. We, we create downloadable content and, and uh, get a lot of, um, get like a lot of, of inbound traffic that way. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you really, you have to empower your team. Like it, it starts, it starts with your company. Like it starts with who's internally. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, you know, the, the lead generation engine on LinkedIn, like doing uh, having downloadable something downloadable and then doing paid is, is one of the things that I tell people when they ask me like, what should I do on B2B or whatever? Just do that. Like, this is where you should, what you should do. And at least it should be one of the things you should do right now for sure. Um, and, you know, talking about organic, uh, activity on LinkedIn, what I noticed, uh, recently is that it's, uh, it's becoming very hard to get people to transform as a sort of a subscriber. Uh, it's, uh, like every post that just like, you know, signifies, you know, going to a link or sending people away from LinkedIn just gets shut down immediately by the LinkedIn algorithm. Um, and we, we've like, we starting to see that it's, uh, I mean, what we're doing on implement currently, it's, uh, it's not easy to transform that audience into any sort of, uh, uh, yeah, subscri subscribers. So it's more like, a, if you're doing organic, do it to just wow people and, uh, have a, you know, high people to go then and, and check you out on, you know, just directly, uh, you know, with a direct search or something, because transferring that audience is, is becoming really hard. Yeah, I completely agree with you. It is, I, I've noticed um, that the, the click-throughs are going down and that, like you said, if you link within the post, um, the algorithm deprioritizes it. So, you know, I, I and many other people are, you know, doing that thing where we put the link in the comments, but, yeah. um, but then yeah. I don't know, I have to go like, who's clicking in the comment and like, I, you know, I mean, uh, it's, it's just a little bit harder, harder to, um, to know if that's yeah. working um yeah, yeah it's uh the the thing in the the first comment is i think is not working as much as it used to um so from 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 what we've seen like the best thing i've seen currently is that uh you know the document sharing works a lot better than the rest like if you if you're just uh, uh doing a sort of a carousel slideshow you know of uh, uh that that works that works uh, much better um, and just sharing an image and uh, really providing value on the platform is is the best way to go. Yes, absolutely. And it's it's funny. I for a while um, I I felt like if I didn't have something to link to, then I couldn't talk there. Like if I if I wasn't linking to a blog post that we'd written or or you know an article on a third party site that that there was nothing. Um, but honestly, we've been having a lot of luck with just posting our thoughts 
there? Like, what is our company's sales philosophy? What is our perspective? Um, and like you said, just keep them on that platform. Just do do your best to engage them on that platform. Um, and yeah. and that, that's really what's working. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it, it's um, LinkedIn is, uh, is, is one of the things that we, we've like been investing a bit of time in. Uh, but you should definitely check out Twitter as well and uh, uh, Twitter and Reddit. Like it's uh, especially, Ooh, I think okay. for, yeah, uh, Reddit uh, for marketers, but for salespeople, I don't know exactly. But Twitter is, uh, is I think, um, misunderstood by a lot of uh, content marketers because you can actually post a lot of long form content on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I know it sounds kind of. A, I didn't know. Uh, I didn't yeah, know. Yeah. I, I, I admittedly know very little about Twitter. Even yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I, I started learning about this like just a few weeks ago um, through, uh, through a guy named uh, Harry Dry, and he has uh, this blog called Marketing Examples, and he drives uh, most of his email subscribers from Twitter. And the way he does it, and he's, he, um, he's basically writing for marketers, so it's a very B2B sort of audience. Um, he, he basically does threads, so he, 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 put, he takes his long-form content, uh, so a blog article, uh, you know, very long and with a lot of examples and images, etc. And then he he cuts it out in very short, uh, very short tweets with an image usually. Uh, and then he builds this thread where basically he just posts uh, all the um, all the article, all the long long form article into the thread. Uh, and then each part of the of that article is now tweetable, retweetable. Etc. Um, and so when you check out, I, I advise you to go. He has like like 90,000 90, followers now on, on his Twitter. Um, he's, um, he's it's been really successful for him, and he does this just just this uh, you know threading technique uh, that you should you should really check it out. I am uh, so excited to check that out because one of the <laughs> things that I'm trying to do more of, especially at a startup, is just do a lot of that um, repurposing of the content that we're creating, making sure that. You know, if we create something, we can create versions for every channel that it doesn't just die on the blog or die on LinkedIn, yeah. you know, yeah, um, yeah. So that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you should check it out. Uh, and uh, he, he's very good at promoting whatever, whatever content he produces, which is, I think, a, a skill that is uh, super important when you're doing content marketing. I mean, it should be like 80% promotion and 20% creation when um, sometimes it's uh, it's kind of the opposite, and a lot of the content marketers kind of you know struggle with promotion. Um, but it's it's really a lot of work. Like he, the way he his system to just like promote it uh, organically takes some time, but it, it actually it actually works. So yeah, ch check him out. That is uh, that is fantastic advice. I'm so excited uh, about that because yeah, I I really I really again I've heard so many great things about Twitter for B2B um, and. Currently, we're not doing enough, which is entirely my fault. So I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, no, but I mean, there, there are phases, right? I mean, it's uh, sometimes you need time to uh, produce a lot of content. And like, for, for example, we, we've been doing this podcast now for, uh, for over three months. Uh, we've mostly produced content and have not promoted it at all, like uh, just a few posts on social media. But we could do so much more, but that's okay because we, you know, at some point like uh, this this month of April, we we're gonna take some time to do that uh, specifically. Which is, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's um, you can't be doing both at the same time. Sometimes it's a bit more production, sometimes a bit more promotion. Uh, but promotion is really where you should spend the most time, you know, in total. I think so. 
Oh, absolutely. And yeah, that's something that I have to keep reminding myself. And also that um, just because some, just because content is older doesn't mean we can't refresh it and then promote it again. Like that, that's something that, that sometimes, sometimes I forget that not everybody reads every word that I write and that it may be new for them. You know, like I, I'll, I'll think, oh, you know, I've already said this, I'm repeating myself, but a lot of awareness building for brands is, is kind of repeating yourself or saying the same thing a few ways. Um, so, so I, I, I think that's fantastic advice. And I know personally, I need to spend a lot more time on, on promotion um, yeah. after I do the, the work of creating that content. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And um, I, I think it's uh, it's just a matter of um, sometimes we don't take that time because we don't have a system for it. And it's because it's very hard to, to get that system and know how you can get the, sort of really the, the the juice out of your content with just organic stuff to start with. And that takes a lot, that takes a whole system. And uh, uh, it, it's something that, uh, you know, for example, this threading thing on Twitter, I've never heard about before. I never, because because I'm not on Twitter, for, like it's also about my, you know, personal preferences, et cetera. But uh, I mean, if it works, I will, I will try it out for sure. So, um, it, but, it, but it, it takes so much like uh, experimentation and takes so much, so much like uh, planning and, uh, that yeah, sometimes it's uh, it's just easier to say, hey, I, I talked about this already. Let's let's do something new. Let's let's write another blog article and just uh, you know uh, not not really get the most potential out of whatever whatever content you produce. But it's you know I think it's the case for all marketers. Really, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. Um, so you know it's um, I, I just want to talk about the you know the uh, the learning aspect of things because. You've you've kind of learned a whole new industry by starting with uh, with Stories Lab, and uh, you talked about communities, about books, etc. Um, so how how do you learn? Like, do you have a is that is that your usual way of you know acquiring knowledge? Maybe you know uh, for your marketing career as well. Did you just uh, were you more of a book person? Did you do you have other communities you're in? Uh, do you buy courses? Like, how do you approach this? Yeah, so so I'm a huge book person. I'm the daughter of a librarian, and I strongly believe uh, that everyone should have at least one library card. Uh, in New York State, where I am, you can actually have library cards for all of the boroughs in New York City. Um, so I have uh, four library cards. Um, but basically, I, I honestly think it starts with, with listening, and reading is really a form of listening. Um, you're you're just you know gathering that information um, about an industry, and then also again, I'm an extroverted person. I also just love asking people questions, asking people who know more than me, and just entering into it with humility. Um, I think earlier in my career it was harder because I I think I had I had a little bit more shame in like not having that knowledge, um, but then eventually. I just learned that, oh no, my, my expertise is writing and marketing. Like that's my expertise. Um, whatever topic I'm talking about, I'm not an expert at it until I completely you know, absorb it. And, and I think writers a lot of the time have to sound like experts, uh, which means they have to have this foundational knowledge. So, so you just have to do whatever it takes to get that. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's definitely part, like the learning is definitely part of, of the writing and uh... It's actually one of the big motivators of marketers. Like I've interviewed uh, um, a few of them now, and um, I feel like the, the the common thing we have is that we are just hungry for knowledge. Like it's one of the common. Is that something that you 
you identify with as well? Oh, absolutely. Knowledge and human connection. Those, those are the two things that I would say drive me more than anything is just, um, and, and, and so ultimately learning from other people is, is really, yeah. it combines both of those things that I love completely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We all have this, uh, um, this sort of uh, dream of maybe we grew up dreaming of uh, being like uh, writers or usually it's the kind of theme that I, found, I find with most marketers. Uh, so having, uh, you know, writing, writing books, writing blogs and uh, just learning about society, learning about people, learning about how things work in, in society. And it's, um, uh, you know, it's something that I've rarely met marketers that have, uh, there, there are different profiles, obviously. I've met marketers that are like engineers and uh, uh, you know, come from sort of an engineering background, but uh, I feel like the majority we have this kind of, uh, uh, you know, we could have we could have been journalists in, in another life, maybe or something like that. Absolutely, I actually started. I wanted to be a journalist when I was in college, and my first internship was with a guy named Will Hermes, who writes for Rolling Stone. Um, and I just I thought I wanted it. I thought I wanted it so bad. I wanted to do music journalism, and then I realized that he had to you know, he had to go to a concert uh, that would end, you know, at 10 at night, and then he would have to go home and write a review of that concert and get that to his editor by 9am. And I, I was, I just thought, you know, that's not sustainable. It does sound cool for a little while. Um, but you know, this is like a middle aged man with children, like he, you know, he has a family. Uh, so, so honestly, um, and then eventually moved to poetry. I loved, loved poetry. I did spoken word poetry. And then again, just found that you could have all those great things that you, uh, that you found in journalism, in, uh, you know, poetry, and you can apply those skills uh, to marketing writing um, yeah. and, and earn, earn, earn a living. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I'm sure that lots of people earn a living from poetry and from, you know, music journalism, but I just, I just didn't have it in me. I, I yeah, wanted, yeah. wanted something. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you definitely could, uh, could earn a living there, but uh, I'm talking about poetry journalism for sure, but poetry is probably a bit harder than marketing, I think, but. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And again, just uh, involves a lifestyle difference. You have to travel, go to book yeah. signings, you have to, you know. Um, uh, you know, do, doing what I do, I, I, the past year I've done it from home. I've gotten to stay home. You know, I wake up, I, I write, I read, I do research. Um, and it's kind of, it sounds cheesy, but it's my dream life. Like my dream <laughs> life is I, I wake up, I read articles, I find good nuggets from those articles. And then I, I craft, you know, content that, that hopefully is like, usually is like a Frankenstein of all the things that I've ever read, right? Um, ultimately. Yeah, you know, I, I love it when you say it's your dream life because uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's really cool. I mean, when you find that, uh, that you know, that balance and you, you really enjoy what you're doing, it's, it's really awesome. Um, you talked about writing, like I, I just wanna talk about that a bit more. Uh, do you have any advice on, on writing or how people could learn how to copyright better, you know, resources, things that, you know, you maybe uh, are people you learn from uh, because it's such a, an, an important skill. And I think we, we don't, um, I don't know, we don't train people enough to do this. It's sort of like, hey, you're a marketer, you should know how to write, you know, thank you very much. And if you don't like, you, you have to know. And, uh, and, but where could you learn this? How do you approach this, uh, this skill? How do you approach your writing? Like, could you tell us a bit more about that? Yes, absolutely. So, um, so for me, it was honestly just 
doing a lot of writing. Like to be a good writer, you just have to write all the time. Um, and so if that's something that sounds cool to you, then this is for you. Like co copywriting is for you. Um, so, you know, even now, like after 10 years, I'm not going in, I'm not writing brilliance right away. Like I have to, I have to write a draft and then another draft and then another draft. So I would just say the best way to be a good writer is to know good writing when you see it. Um, because then you'll kind of, you'll be able to edit yourself and get there. Um, I would also just, again, recommend, recommend finding mentors. Um, so I'm in uh, a, a content marketing club, uh, which is part of Rev Genius. And again, the people there will just, uh, they kind of know uh, and provide great knowledge. Um, and again, just, it, it's so hard for me to say, well, you just have to do it, but that's it. You just have to do it. And you also have to find good editors um, and you just have to take feedback. Like I, I think one of the things that hurts as a writer sometimes is that, you know, you might have a, what you think is a brilliant thought in your head. Um, and when it's on the page, people can do with those words, what they wish, like your, your intention when writing those words does not matter. Um, you know, if people aren't getting uh, out of it, what you intended, um, then they're, you know, that, yeah. that's it like you 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 kind of only get that shot you don't get any qualifiers you don't get anything mm -hmm. um so yeah yeah definitely listen to feedback even even the even the sucky mean feedback um because <laughs> even even some of that like if you if you start hearing um patterns uh you might learn also a book i'm reading right now it's everybody writes by uh i believe ann handley is i believe her name um and it is just a fantastic book to teach non-writers about writing or people who wouldn't consider themselves writers about writing. Cause I think, like you said, every everybody kind of needs these skills now. Marketers need these skills, whether or not they started their careers as writers. Um, yeah. So yeah, I know that was a lot. That was a lot no, no. there. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's great. It's, uh, it's obviously something that, you know, you're passionate about. So I'm, uh, thanks for sharing this. It's- oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's. Um, I think you definitely write on the practice side of things, um, and uh, that practice um, should be. Uh, you should be patient. Like it's. Um, I, I feel like the every time I write something, I look at it two weeks after, and I'm like, hey, why did I write this this way? Like this, this doesn't sound right. And you, you kind of always reviewing your, uh, your writing. Uh, but one of the key things I think is. Uh, uh, is to sort of force yourself to ship something because you cannot get that level of practice and writing all the time uh, if you don't have sort of a deadline and yeah I need to do a deal with myself even if you're not like obliged to do it like or have, you don't have to do it you know professionally um, and just just write one blog post every every week or every whatever like just uh, and usually it's the best way to you know, to get it out there. And uh, when I look at some of the blog posts I wrote like three years ago, I'm a, I'm a bit ashamed, obviously, by what I wrote. <laughs> but that's oh, okay. Because, too, totally. yeah, that's okay, because nobody's gonna see them ever. <laughs> so no, I mean, isn't that, isn't yeah. that so liberating? I, I yeah. think that's one of the most liberating things as a writer is saying, Oh, well, if it's not good, it's people probably won't read it. So yeah. that's fine. Like, that's, <laughs> is that the worst that's gonna happen? Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It's actually one of uh, the things that recently uh, sort of um, helped me publish a lot more on LinkedIn. Um, 
because LinkedIn will shoot down. If it's not good, it will shoot down your post anyway. So nobody will, will hear about that shitty post. Like it's okay. <laughs> uh, so exactly. yeah. I think, I think some people, some people are so afraid because we, we all have ego, right? Like we're all, we're all thinking, oh no, people, people are gonna think X, Y, Z of me. And it is so liberating when you go, oh, people probably aren't paying attention to what you're doing. And like, that's, that's, yeah, just, just put yourself out there. And, and like you said, just, just write consistently and also um, present that writing to an audience consistently because, you know, writing is meant to be read. And if, 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 if you're not putting it out there, then, you know, you're just, yeah, yeah what's the point? What's the point? Absolutely. And you always, of course, you always feel super grateful and super happy when you have uh, good feedback. And uh, oh. that's, uh, that's really um, one of the amazing things about writing is that you, yeah, it's like, uh, it's like this human interaction that I think is, uh, is super enriching. Like, I don't know, it's, uh, it's really an amazing thing. But I don't know, you, I mean, people listening, you, you guys, you know what I'm, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, you're, uh, most marketers know that feeling is that uh, that's I think why we get into this in the first place. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. When when people when people when there's proof that people are resonating with what you say, whatever that proof is, right? Mm-hmm. On LinkedIn, it's obviously it's great because you you get those little thumbs up and those little hearts, and it feels <laughs> it feels great. But honestly, just looking at Google Analytics and saying. Ooh, look at all these views that I got on this blog post and look at how long people spent on this page. I guess they actually read it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, like that, that feeling of connecting with people and, and knowing that what you're saying has value to other people. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. That's, that's definitely why I do what I do. Awesome. I think we can stop there, Kate. It's, uh, it was great having this chat. Thank you so much for, uh, oh. for taking the time. Uh, thank you you so much yeah could you tell us where we could uh, maybe connect with you online yeah absolutely so uh you can go to my linkedin just search kate irwin with an e E e-r-w-i-n um and uh also the the end of the url is kate at story slab um so you can find me that way if you want to um and then my email address also if you want to reach out via email you can it's straight up kate at gmail.com all right sounds good thank you so much kate for your time Thank you.